Well, yo, 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 and welcome to the Love Map Podcast. My name is Dan Diebel, and along with me, as always, producer engineer Bo Davidson. Hello to you, Bo. Hey, Dan. How you doing? I am doing well, and I have been so eager about the conversation that we get to have today with our special guest, Will Gurley, and his mom, Susie Gurley. Hello to both of you. Hi. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. Well, it is just a thrill um, to have you uh, around the Love Math uh, podcast and studio here on the dock at Heartland, and I'm really eager to jump into your story. If you are a first-time listener, not familiar with the Love Math podcast, this is something that originated about a year ago, where we asked the question, where do relationships, both with God and with one another, and funky creative math, how do those all weave in together that bring us closer to the heart of God? closer to one another. And uh, it's just been so invigorating that we've decided to continue this podcast going as a continuation of the current conversation in the series that we're having on Sunday morning. And we are uh, coming to an end of a series called Truth, A Love Story, in which, uh, as we've been prompted and provoked through the book of Ephesians, we have actually been diving into conversation around mental health, anxiety, depression, and suicide. And Will and Susie are here to share their story because as a family, they have journeyed through much of those experiences. And before, uh, before we dive into your story, I wanna just um, again acknowledge that we will be going into some tender places today. And it will require on all of our parts a, a, a courage to go to that place and it will, um, it will provoke a vulnerability in us all. And we might not all be ready for that conversation today. So I just wanna give you permission. I wanna give you encouragement today. This might be a podcast to listen with somebody else with you. This might be a podcast that would be best served for another day. And if it brings you to a place as you are listening, either right here in the moment or as we go along, to a place of not feeling quite safe with yourself or with your own thoughts, that could potentially lead to self-harm, we wanna say, please, 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 grab somebody that you trust, bring them with you, or even dial 911, or I wanna give you the suicide hotline. And here it is, please write this down, 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255. Well, Will, um, you and I met, and, and along with Susie, not too long ago, um, maybe just a couple of few weeks ago, we were introduced by a friend, Dustin Goose Gossett, um, Heartland, Heartland friend, uh, leader through the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And um, he said to me, you've got to meet this young man, Will, and learn of his story. And I'm so glad that I, that I have, and I'm so eager for our Heartland community and beyond to meet you, Will. Just tell us a little bit, just like, what makes you tick? I'm just going to say it from the outset. You are a Renaissance man. I'm just so impressed with <laughs> the passions that you have and the things that you're giving your life to. So just tell us a little bit about you. Well, thank you very much. I'm uh, My name is Will Gurley, and I am a sophomore at Kansas City Christian School. And I, I'm an actor, and I'm a musician. Uh, I've been playing bass for eight years and guitar for about a year and a half. And uh, music is my passion. I love writing music and playing music. Anytime you'll see me, uh, something with music will be there with me. Yeah, yeah, and you're uh, you're working on your first musical within the uh, theater department at Kansas City Christian. What are you doing? Yes, sir. I am Captain Von Trapp in The Sound of Music. Captain Von Trapp. Wow. Such a distinguished role. <laughs> it's a lot of fun to play. Uh, very complex character, but 
it's a uh, it's a good challenge. And you 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 were telling me earlier that there are uh, seven kids that Von Trapp has, mm-hmm. but there's doubles. There's understudies for each of them. Yes, sir. There are there are six of the children are double cast, so we have thirteen total children. That's so. amazing. And you actually call them your kids. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Whenever I see them throughout the school day, because we're a K through twelve school, uh, they'll call me dad, and I'll call them kiddo. <laughs> I, I don't know a lot of their names, but I'm working on it. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's, that's part of the job. Well, well, you're not only that too. I mean, you're um, you're a sports guy. Uh, played football, and sports is also in the mix of one of your passions. Yes, sir. I've played football until this year, actually, and then now I will be playing basketball this winter at Kansas City Christian. Wow, man. Yeah, and how tall are you, Will? <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm six foot four. Six foot four. That's why I'm looking up at you, even <laughs> while sitting down. That's awesome. Susie, tell us just a little bit about the Gurley family, and um, I know you guys are. You live here in Leewood, and uh, but just tell us a little sure. bit about you guys. Sure. Well, uh, Dan, my husband, and I have been married for 26 years. Um, Dan is a native of the area, grew up here, and we actually went to TCU, go frogs, go frogs. which is where we met. Okay. Um, almost well over 30 years ago um we have three children um, our oldest is a junior in college um, his name is jeff our middle child is a daughter named olivia and she's a freshman in college and then will is our baby boy our six foot four baby <laughs> yeah no kidding um at kcc Wow. Always going to be the baby. (laughs) Well, you guys have been on quite a journey the last, um, would you say, maybe two years? Mm -hmm. Uh Yeah. Um, Will, could you just kind of describe a bit of of that for you? Yeah. So um, about two years ago, almost to the date, um, I started feeling anxious, and I didn't know that it was anxiety at first, um, just like little nagging naggings in the back of my head and just starting to feel nervous and uncomfortable around people or doing certain things and beating myself up whenever I do anything wrong. And um, I just kind of thought that was me being a, turning into a teenager and going yeah. through puberty. And, that was um, about the age of 13? Yeah, 13. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I kind of pushed it aside and I didn't really think it was important and that just kept growing and festering inside of me and um, eventually to the point where I had been I had been cutting my arms and my wrists and Mm. um, lots of self-harm like that and very self-deprecating thoughts and actions and feeling very anxious having anxiety attacks um, to the point where um, I believe this was March March or April of uh, my eighth grade year, um, and I had gotten to a really, really dark place, and I had a really weird idea to uh, email my school counselors because hmm. any responsible thirteen-year-old emails people. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so I did that, and I, I emailed my counselor. Said, "Hey, I'm I'm not doing very well right now mm-hmm. mentally. Um, I I've been self-harming. I think mm. I'm." depressed and just Mm. very vulnerable and it was very scary um and the next day i went in and they called me in and we talked and um my parents uh came home they were on a they were on a vacation at the time and they came home and um and we got immediately which is really really good we got immediately into therapy and counseling and 
I'm going to say it now and I will say it mm. countless times yes. over this podcast, but um, professional help is necessity. It is so important to anybody who's struggling with anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to ask you this and Susie, I want to um, get your perspective mm -hmm. in this part of the story. But um, when you first heard, okay, we're going to, you're going to see somebody, yeah. were you resistant to that? Were you open to that? Were you like, yes, I need that? I think I was nervous, um, a bit yeah. anxious, naturally. But sure. um, I think I knew that it needed to happen. Mm -hmm. And it was once we started seeing this person, um, it just became a relief to us. Um, it was a very good um, place for just sharing and yeah. working towards things mm -hmm. and working, working through um, negative thoughts and, and things like that. And how long would you say when, when you begin to just become aware of these negative thoughts and these voices in your head, about how long was that? Where and It sounds like the counselor was the first person you told. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, and let me just say thank you to that counselor <laughs> yes. for his or her responsiveness and um, not just pushing that off and saying, oh, that's Will Gurley. He's a great kid. But mm -hmm. he, he or she, uh, she, she mm -hmm. took you seriously. Um, and she acted swiftly, um, and that was a beautiful thing. But that journey for you was about months. How many months? Um, let's see. That was probably six six months of that journey, going from small naggings to huge life threatening events. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so relatively quickly. It it didn't seem quickly because mm -hmm. it. I just took a step back and I was like, okay, I'm not doing well. I don't know how this happened, but um, looking back, um, it definitely was a, was a crescendo from when it first started to yeah. when I reached out. Well, that's amazing self-awareness. Well, thank you. Uh, during that time, were you ideating suicide? Yes, sir, I was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And on a scale of one to five, um, one being I have these thoughts occasionally, five being... I have a plan, uh, I have access to acting out on that plan. Mm -hmm. Where would you have placed yourself? I would have placed myself at a four or a five. Wow. Wow. Hmm. And was there, was, there a, was there a moment for you where that you just said that kept you from doing that? Can you go back and say some, you were holding on to something in those darkest moments for you? Um, I feel like I knew inside me that I needed to to be here and that I had a lot of time left, hopefully. Um, yeah. That there's just a lot of things that I can do. Um, I was an adamant football player at the time. Sadly, I'm not anymore. But um, I, I wanted to play in front of the big crowds in high school. Mm. And that was honestly, it sounds... Like not important, but in times like that, one yeah. little thing can save a life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, the, and then thought of huge. Yeah, thought mm -hmm. of seeing my family again. Yeah. Just little things like that. Good. Um, and so that that would be something to encourage someone right now who's in a dark place to say, so. don't even evaluate how big a thing or small a thing that mm -hmm. is. That is an important thing to you. Absolutely. And hold on to that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Susie, if I recall, you guys were on a cruise. We weren't on a cruise. We were on a on a trip for our twenty fifth anniversary. Twenty fifth yeah. an wedding yeah. anniversary. Mm -hmm. 
and you get back or no, actually you receive the call while mm-hmm. you're away. Correct. Were yes. you out of country, in country? We were in the country. Okay. Yeah. We were in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Just take us through the heart and the mind of a mom. What were you feeling? Well, it was one of the most, well, probably the most difficult phone call to this point in my life that I've ever received. Um, but I would echo your sentiments of being incredibly grateful to mm. the counselor as well as the principal, mm-hmm. um, who's also a friend mm. of ours, um, for doing exactly what they needed to do and taking yeah. it seriously and calling us. And yeah. and so we, I, I got the phone call and um, some, I mean, my initial reaction was shock um, when she sure. was telling me that, you know, Will had... He reached out, needed help, and then when she talked about that he said he'd been cutting and, and you know, Dan and I were just sitting there looking at mm. each other like, what, are you sure you've got the right person? Because yeah. I think you've confused <clears throat> him with someone else. It was such an incredible shock um, in that regard. Um, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was really awful. It was... Yeah. You know, and then you're sitting there thinking, okay, now what do we do now? Sure. Um, and thankfully, at the time, um, the person who was staying with the kids was um, our children's pastor at our church. So mm. I immediately called her mm. and told her what was going on, and she was amazing. Um, and then, you know, Dan and I ended up obviously coming home from our trip early. Mm. Um, and then going to the next steps of getting the, the help in place um, immediately. Yeah, and um, I mean, just to kind of, just to set a little bit of the, of the stage here um, and not to be uh, caricaturizing, but mm-hmm. you all are a believing family. Mm-hmm. Will, you come from a, an amazing home. Absolutely. With, with to uh, a mom and dad who love one another, um, not perfect, I'm sure, but um, uh, you, you do well um, financially. There's the, there's a there's a sense of um, that these things are no respecter of persons. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely, and um, you're you love Jesus, mm-hmm. and um, you're going through a really dark place. Mm-hmm. Um, Susie, what, if you could just take us kind of back into your mind and heart as a mom, was there, um, was there guilt? Was there mm-hmm. shame? Was there embarrassment? What, what, what was that for you? I, I would say for sure the guilt was a, one of the biggest things that I had to work through. Um, yeah. I felt like a complete failure as a mom that mm. I didn't know yeah. <laughs> that this was going on. Um, I, you know, how could I not know that he was cutting? I mean, both right. Dan and I were like, how did we miss this? How yeah. did we not know? Um, so guilt was big. Um, and, and, and let me just jump in. Mm-hmm. My sense of you is that you were a highly engaged mom. Mm. 
very much. <laughs> yeah, would you say well? Yes, it's a, a good thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it now. Well, might regret be, that later. On, on the record, buddy. Saying it now, might regret it later. The proof yeah. is in the podcast. Yeah, my my guess is if there were a fault, it would be too actively involved and always wanting to know where's the appropriate mm. space of engagement mm. and do I over engage? Mm. Not mm. not the opposite. Mm-hmm. And I only say that because mm-hmm. of just how shocking. That must have been mm-hmm. for you to say, mm-hmm. how do we not know, right. notice? Right. Uh, Will, for you, were there any private outlets for you to express the, the darkness? Yeah. Um, Finsta, you know, <laughs> anything like that? Um, not really in middle school. Um, uh-huh. I mean, I was, I was a football player and a basketball player, and so all of my, a lot of my friends were, were uh, very stereotypically saying, not that they were stereotypical, but just to put in your head that they were the jock group, mm. and they were they were nice kids, and I still like a lot of them. Sure. And um, but it just didn't feel like as a as a teenage boy that it was acceptable to talk about any of that. Mm. Um, and I think that's such an important, mm-hmm. a terrible but important thing to make sure that is heard mm-hmm. is that I'm a I'm a teenage athlete and yeah. I struggle with depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A Jesus believing teenage yeah. athlete, mm-hmm. you, you know, all, all those yes. things. And so there's there's there seemingly there's no immunity mm-hmm. um, for for any of us. Um, we're all susceptible to those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you have this counselor, she responds, mm-hmm. Susa, you and Dan, you you come home mm-hmm. and then you, you left it with this like, okay, what do we do? Mm-hmm. So what did you do? So we came home and we were able to get Will into the counselor like two days later, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure you guys know it sometimes doesn't happen that quickly, but I'm very, very thankful. Um, mm-hmm. And the counselor was someone that um, was highly recommended by several people, um, also a Christian, so we, we knew that um, that her uh, worldview was the same as ours. Sure. And um, so we got him in to see her, and she spent a good two hours probably with him and then called us in. And, and then she told us something that, again, you know, all these pieces keep happening, and you're not really prepared to hear all of it. And she said, you know, I, I believe he is clinically depressed mm-hmm. and, and he needs to see a physician. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to have a physician evaluation because um, counselors are not able to prescribe medication. Mm-hmm. And that's another kind of point of clarity I, I would like to make um, for the general uh, public. Often with any kind of mental illness, both go hand in hand. Um, it's very individually, you know, dependent, but often medication as well as um, counseling and therapy mm-hmm. go hand in hand in the road to recovery. Um, and so we were, again, very fortunate that my husband is a physician and we have a friend who's a child psych- psychiatrist mm-hmm. um, who has worked with our daughter for years. Um, she has attention deficit disorder. Mm-hmm. So um, we were able to call him and he said, I want to see Will tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, so we took him that night, uh, again, spent a couple of hours with the physician and, um, he said, yes, Will is definitely clinically depressed. 
um, and has anxiety and I want to start him on these medications and so that night we filled the medications started them um, so that was sort of that next step what kind of questions do you remember being asked either by the therapist or the psychiatrist Hmm. Um, I think the big one is are you do you feel like you want to hurt yourself Mm -hmm. or someone else Mm -hmm. and that's a very common question that Mm -hmm. I feel like I was asked a lot Mm -hmm. Um, like almost every every therapy session Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. psychiatrist meeting and um, Mm -hmm. I think that's the one that is really important Mm -hmm. but all the other ones like just things about how I feel like do you get nervous around people or um, when you fail at something do you do you all of a sudden does your mood switch to being upset with yourself mm. do you turn it on yourself yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh-huh. yeah mm. Susie you've described before um, what those months of nights were like afterwards mm-hmm. um, not uh, not being able to sleep yourself mm-hmm. um, we all you slept uh, on the floor in your parents room mm-hmm. and Susie can you just describe a, a bit of the that time mm-hmm. in your life when you have a suicidal child um, at least I can't say for everyone but for me um, I couldn't leave him alone yeah. I didn't trust that he would still be there yeah um, so he did sleep on our floor for a while um, and even then I would lay there his we had a twin mattress that we just put right next to our bed and it was right next to me and I would just all night long just keep looking make sure he was still breathing and he was still there and um, didn't obviously sleep very well at all then and then when we finally made the decision to allow him to sleep in his room when we felt like he was you know, better well enough that he wasn't going to do anything harmful to himself um, that that might have been the worst time for me in terms of sleep because I was so afraid that he was going to do something even yeah. though we had obviously multiple conversations about yeah. it um, so I would go up all all night long and yeah. check on him and make sure he was still alive yeah. and still in his bed and still breathing um, yeah and presumably you had removed any possible oh, yeah. Um, yeah I mean immediately we house. got rid of anything that mm-hmm. you know would be potentially harmful but you know there's still always a way um yeah Yeah. so yeah what was the spiritual journey like Mm -hmm. for you Susie I would say that um I I never went through a period of of I don't believe you God because this is happening I can say that without a doubt I never stopped believing God Mm -hmm. (laughs) um I will say that I did do the why why is this happening why yeah. are you allowing this to happen I yeah. don't understand this um, which I think is fairly normal mm-hmm. um, and you know Job did it mm-hmm. <laughs> Job's was a lot worse than <laughs> ours is, but you know well I, I shouldn't say that that that's not necessarily the case but you know there are biblical examples yeah. all over the place of people you know that right. we look at as our heroes of the faith who 
question David, question why things happened. And, mm -hmm. and you know, the thing I would say about that too is again, God's okay with that. He can mm -hmm. handle that. Mm -hmm. And it's okay for us to be like, why are you, why is this happening? Why are you doing this? Which I don't believe personally God does those things. Mm -hmm. He allows things to happen. Mm -hmm. um, but he's, he's big enough that he can handle that. Um, yeah. I remember um, going on some walks where um, I would just cry and say, you know, uh, whatever happens, God, I, I still believe you. I still, I still trust you. I believe you. And I think that that was, that's probably the time in my life that my faith has been tested the most. So. Would you say it's grown the most? Absolutely. <laughs> because on the flip side, um, ironically, I'm in a Bible study that's studying Ephesians right now as well. Mm. And just this morning, um, we were on the verse, uh, I think it's 419, I might be wrong, mm. 420, mm. Um, of, you know, God who is able to do infinitely more yeah. than we can ever ask for, yeah. which at that time, all I was doing is praying that God, please just let him live. Just keep him alive. And he did way more than that. <laughs> so... Well, what's it like to hear your mom talk about her journey? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's very difficult. Yeah. Um, and at times it can feel like, okay, so this is my fault. Mm -hmm. But, um, I mean, that's it's really important that I continue to use strategies that I've learned in therapy um, just every day, day-to-day mm -hmm. stuff. And to know that not this is not my fault, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and I think it's really kind of hallowing. I think might be mm -hmm. the word mm -hmm. to see. Okay, this is this is what was happening on the other side mm -hmm. of the screen. Um, hallowing. Yeah. Yeah. This is what's happening on the other mm -hmm. side of this whole journey is bigger than me. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it's very narrow-minded yeah my at least mine was um and it's different in every person but yeah. um excuse me my journey was very like very focused on myself um and then yeah yeah and you don't know any different when you're mm -hmm. in that place mm -hmm. it, you're not in a you're not in a selfish place but you are um stuck in a self-obsession yes. that you don't know how to get out of. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's almost like the the reverse of selfish. It's like mm -hmm. selfishness is doing everything for yourself. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know if there's a word to describe this, but mm -hmm. whatever that is, um, is just everything feels like it's um, against you instead of you're getting everything. Yeah, it's such a painful place. Mm -hmm. It's that's a really interesting observation. Um, it just it leads me to this thought of selfishness is what can I gain all about myself? Mm -hmm. I am entitled to all sorts of things, mm -hmm. and um, 
and there's some sense of I'm worth all those things mm-hmm. that should yeah. should be for me. And I think you make an amazing point that when you find yourself in this place of darkness, it's an issue of I'm not worth anything mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of a self-loathing place yeah. mm-hmm. from, <laughs> from such pain. Yeah. How has, um, and you're touching on it, and how has your relationship together changed as mother and son? Yeah. Um, I mean, since we've started to see the see the light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. and started to continue to get better, um, we've definitely grown a lot closer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was always a fun, friendly child, mm-hmm. but um, I think a really important thing is after I had gone to this place is they, my parents, both of them, um, helped me a ton and gave me all the love and support in the world that they could have. And um, I was really, really cool, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, it was really awesome for me to see that. Um, and I'm sure I, I would see it anyways mm-hmm. as I continue to get older. Again, don't quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what's really what's really neat, and I just want to share this with the podcast listeners, um, how the two of you turn towards one another and talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Will, I don't know that you realize how actually unique that is for mm-hmm. a... Are you 17 yet? I am 15. Mm-hmm. See, I just keep thinking it's that 6'4 <laughs> and that, yeah. that uh, old soul off. in you, buddy, that mm-hmm. I just keep wanting to make you older. But, um, but that is just so rare for any two human beings to turn to one another in such an intimate space, in particular for a mom and a teenage son. And that's the first thing that struck me when, um, when I walked up to you at the Caribou Coffee Shop. Mm-hmm. The two of you were at this small little table and you were just looking and facing one another. And I could just tell there was such a bond, there was such strength in the two of you. Mm-hmm. Um, Susie, for you, how would you describe your relationship together? Well, I would say that, yeah, I mean, at this point, I feel like we're really close. I mean, you don't get through what we've gotten through, I don't think. I I don't know. I can't speak for anyone else but but myself, ourselves. Um, I don't think that we would be able to get through something like that and then just, you know, not be pretty close. I feel like um, this process has been, I think, I feel like very cathartic in a way mm. for me. Um, mm. This is the first time, and not that this is right or wrong, but this is the first time that I've really opened up and publicly talked about how this journey has affected me. Um, I can't speak for Dan because he's not here, but I, I would say me and us because mm. we're together on this. Mm. Um, but yeah, I would say that as a family, I feel like we've even grown closer together. I think, um, you know, it's a lot easier now um, when we have to say, you know, no or not yet or something to Will. I think that he accepts that probably a little more easily than other teenagers do um, (laughs) because maybe his respect for us has grown I think um, so. yeah. over this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, most, I mean, yeah, let me rephrase that. Um, this is often a time in parent and teenage relationships when it's very, you know, there's a lot of friction yeah. and I don't 
really think that that's the case. I mean, it's, I'm not trying to paint yeah. this idyllic I mean, picture that, mm -hmm. oh yeah, no. we're, we, you know, we're, <laughs> we're not perfect. We're singing, you know, oh, yeah. kumbaya and skipping yeah. through the days. Yeah. Like the sound of music. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, you know, I'm out in Julie Andrews, you know, right. but, um, right. but I, I do feel like, you know, because we've walked through this very difficult journey hmm. that, some of those things, you know, we all were kind of realized, eh, you know, we're going to be okay. This yeah. is, you know, a little mm -hmm. conflict. This is going to be all right. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I, I agree I'm, completely. Mm -hmm. I don't think we've really talked about no, that person. But I think but. it's just kind of a unspoken mm -hmm. agreement. Yeah. And I think um, if I can jump in, there's, um, I mean, I've shared my story very publicly. Mm -hmm. um, and you guys, my parents have always really supported me with that. And I mean, obviously there was some hesitation at first, like, oh, my son's going to go tell everybody that he wanted to kill himself. That's a little scary. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that the fact that now people get to hear your story mm -hmm. is the other side of the story. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important and very courageous. Thanks. Well, <laughs> and I think, I mean, I would agree and not that... You know, I, my story per se is important, but how many people have been through the same thing who have felt the same feelings? And, you know, we, we were talking a little earlier about, you know, feeling like a failure. The other thing that I didn't say that I need to say is how incredibly isolated I felt for a while, mm -hmm. um, partially by my own doing, and mm -hmm. I will own that and admit that. Um, and I, but I don't think that's unusual um, based on now <laughs> talking to people and um, how many people since Will's story has become public, um, yeah. how many people have approached me and approached Dan about, you know, I, we went through the same thing with yeah. our fill in the blank, daughter, yeah. son, parent, sibling, cousin, son, husband, wife, whatever. And yeah. so I think that um, there are a lot of people I know there are a lot of people who have walked through um, a journey similar to ours who have felt very alone. Yeah. Um, and I hope that, you know, and maybe this is one of the reasons God allowed all this to happen is that mm. maybe this is something I can do to help those yeah. people say, yeah. you're not alone. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know. Mm. Well, and there's, there's just a real hope in your story and there's, mm -hmm. there's more of that to come, which, which we'll get to, but, um, your relationship has grown with the mm -hmm. Lord. Your relationship mm -hmm. with one another mm -hmm. has grown, mm -hmm. and it just took the courage to come into the light. Mm -hmm. um, Will, how would you say your relationship with God has grown through this? Oh, yeah. Um, so at the time, kind of that self-loathing period with depression and anxiety, um, it was very much of the, God, why does this happen to me? And I don't think I ever didn't believe that God was there, but just... I didn't believe that he really loved or cared mm -hmm. for me. Um, like, why are you letting me do this? Why are you letting me cut my arms and and hate myself? Um, but what I did do is I wrote. I wrote all the time. And I'm going to make a parallel to everybody's favorite uh, revolutionary man, uh, Alexander Hamilton. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the hit musical by Lin-Manuel Miranda, because um, I'm obsessed with that. Come on, bring it. Um, there's a, 
there's a line and kind of a reoccurring theme of riding his way out. Um, his town was hit by a hurricane on an island when he was when he was a boy, and he rode his way out of that, and he rode his way rode his way through the revolution and to George Washington's side and wrote financial plans into existence and and just all this incredible things that he did. And I'm not saying that he wasn't an incredible person because he was, his story is amazing and Lynn tells it fantastically. But um, I felt like looking back, I feel like I sort of wrote my way out as well. Um, like all the time, couple songs a day at some points mm-hmm. so I would just write everything and anything that I was feeling down and this was mm-hmm. kind of the first time that I really really wrote at all because mm-hmm. I'd always I'd always played music I'd played bass for years already at that point yeah. and it was always fun and a hobby but I feel like at this point it really became an outlet and a passion for me mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. as I continued to write through that um, now when I look back and I still write all the time, mm-hmm. um, I think that God really helped show me that I, I have this gift and this ability mm-hmm. from him. And that was, mm-hmm. that was a big way of him showing that he was there, even if I couldn't see it. Um, I feel like I do see it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, we listened on the way in to uh, this podcast to a song you've most recently written called New Kid. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell us about that. Um, I transferred schools from Blue Valley High School to Kansas City Christian School in between freshman and sophomore year. And um, it was um, it was a difficult switch because I had been in this district for my entire life. And then in the Blue Valley. Yes, district. in the Blue Valley School District. Mm-hmm. And then to switch so suddenly over to a group of people who I don't know at all. Um, I think that was very, it was difficult, but the people who surround me now have made it so amazing. And I think that this this song uh, really embodies that fun and accepting nature that my school and my community that I'm surrounded by now has. Mm-hmm. You've described to me before um, that the group you were running with uh, at your former school were great, great kids and all that, but there was a certain spirit among that group that wasn't helpful nor healthy for you. Can you describe that? So um, I was attracted to a group of people who also dealt with mental health issues and um, mental illness. Excuse me, and that was really not a good thing. Well, I'm not saying that people who have mental illness you shouldn't hang out with them. I'm saying right. that if their if their illnesses and non well being is rubbing off, and they're outwardly saying, "Okay, you're the only person I can talk to," that's really dangerous. Mm-hmm. And that I think even pushed myself farther mm. into this depression. And um, this is after. This is about a year later after everything with the um, the email to the counselors and all that had happened and it hadn't quite gone away then and it had definitely start coming back started coming back um, with surrounding myself with these people mm. and because you were carrying their burden yes absolutely okay. um, I I felt that my job was to solve their problems mm. um, and that every everything that they had, 
um, every problem that they had was either my fault or my job to fix it. Yeah. And that's not healthy at all. Right. Um, and that's why, looping back again mm. to one of my first statements, is that's why professional help is so important. Yeah. Um, like, friends are great. Friends are really awesome. I have a lot of friends who I still talk to and new friends at Kansas City Christian, and they're great. But you, if you're struggling, get professional help because that's what's going to to change your life. And friends, friends can do that, but professional help is super important. Yeah, and what I see in your story, Will, is an ecosystem of care um, of parents and family. Um, professional help, psychiatry, um, youth group, yeah. um, counselors at school, and um, and no one person can bear that Absolutely. all themselves. And that's what I hear you saying. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's just a good word for mm-hmm. all of the shepherds in our community mm-hmm. and anyone that's walking through this in particular or just mm-hmm. offering care to others in general mm-hmm. is, A, we're not the fixers, we're not the rescuers. Mm-hmm. The Lord is, mm-hmm. and he works through all of that ecosystem mm-hmm. to meet us where, where we are. Um, Tell us just a little bit about, again, coming back to your spiritual journey. Um, what were your conversations with God like, and what are they like now? Um, yeah, so I feel like after I, I tried, when I was first going through this, um, after I had tried to pray and tried to reach out to Him and say, God, I'm, I'm struggling, I need help, and I, I didn't feel like I got a response. Um, going back to the music, it feels like I did now, looking back, but... Hmm. Um, after after a couple months of trying, I just kind of stopped because I didn't feel like anything was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so going from non-existent to now going to a Christian school, uh, that's a pretty big jump. Um, I, I pray every night, actually pray, mm-hmm. instead of just the, mm-hmm. the everybody yeah. in our family, we love you, please help us feel better. <laughs> the rote. Yeah, yeah. Habitual yeah. um, prayer. Yeah, and, and it's really awesome being surrounded by... A Christian community who mm. believes in what I believe in, yeah, and um, and that definitely helps um, relationships with God blossom and yeah. grow. Community, mm-hmm. which I want to ask you about in a moment, Susie, mm-hmm. for you, your community. Um, but will you mentioned uh, in conversation with me about a float trip with your youth group? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and and there was your willingness to kind of bring. Bring your story to light and the way they came around you. Mm -hmm. So um, my church went on a a camp trip called Houseboats, and we had 10 houseboats all hooked up together at Bolshoals Lake. And Sounds um, awesome. It it sounded awesome, yeah. I was excited for it since the year it was announced, and um, it was always like really cool idea to me. And I went into it feeling really, really excited. Um, and then I got there, and it was just not what I had expected at all. Mm. And um, I just... Internally? Or just internally the whole experience? And a little bit externally, um, but very... A lot of, a lot of internal okay. um, struggle with yeah. that. Um, and on the timeline, where were you in your journey okay. on this? Uh, this is in between the email with the counselors and the toxic relationships with friends. Okay. So this is in the summer in between that. Got it. Um, and so I had I had gotten there and had this struggle inside of me and 
just started to isolate myself again, which is a, a red flag of mine. Mm. Um, and you were able to recognize it? Uh, eventually, mm -hmm. kind of. Um, but I, I had started isolating myself and I'd started having these thoughts and um, eventually um, a friend of mine had, who I'd been talking to had told our youth pastor, mm -hmm. Jason Hebner, mm -hmm. and, um, and Jason had talked to me and um, my therapist that I see was also on the trip conveniently. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and Dana Haver. Yes. Yes. Whom we love. Dana Dahl. Yeah. Oh, Dana excuse Dahl. me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Excuse yeah. me. Um, mm -hmm. And that was, um, it was really important that they were there. Um, I know that mm -hmm. my parents have said that they wouldn't have let me go if um, Jason and Dana both weren't sure. there. Mm -hmm. um, but I was just not, I was starting to slide back in the depression very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I'm glad that I'm obviously very grateful to my friend who, yeah. um, who pointed that out yeah. and helped me um, along with Dana and Jason step back and notice what was happening. Mm -hmm. And so about halfway through the week, um, I had started sleeping in the, in the staff quote unquote cabin, mm -hmm. the staff boat. Mm -hmm. And, um, um, I just started to hang out with, uh, different people and talk with Jason and Dana Moore. And, um, very quickly my week started to turn around. Um, and started having more and more fun each day. And eventually on the last night, we had an event called Say So, which is basically an open mic, and anybody who wants to can go up and say anything they would like. And um, I think it was a record for Jason. I think we had it going for about three and a half hours, which was really cool. Um, and I had seen these people going up and talking about, oh, this week has really helped me grow closer to God, and, and my friends and I are so much closer now, and it was such a fun week, and I just felt like I needed to share what I had gone through. So people were kind of keeping things on the surface. Yeah. They weren't. Uh-huh. Yeah, so um, you, you decided to take a yeah. risk by being vulnerable. Absolutely. Um, and being vulnerable is really important just in general mm -hmm. if, you're go if you're struggling. Yeah. But... I, I went up there and I shared, it wasn't too like very deep, um, mm -hmm. deep conversation, just that I had been struggling um, like mentally and um, that this awesome community had helped me bounce back from that and have a, end up having a good end of the week. But, yeah. um, excuse me, I went and underneath the deck where we were hanging out before you go up mm -hmm. and talk, um, I came back down and every single sophomore or freshman at the time mm. who was in my class was there waiting for me and I just was overwhelmed with love and a group of people were just hugging me and then my very, very good friend now to this day named Lydia Werther came up to me and told me that she had she had prayed to God because she had noticed that I was, I was being alone a lot and isolating. Mm. And she had prayed to God that if I was struggling to just show her a sign that's that, so that she knows to pray for me and help me. And a butterfly came and landed next to her. And hmm. that was a huge turning point. And not only like, okay, God loves me, but I can have a relationship with God and God cares about me. Hmm. Um, 
Hmm. And so she said that to me and I, I just, something happened. I was like, okay, I need to go back up because I didn't share the whole story. Hmm. I had just said like surface level what was happening. And so I went back up and uh, I had to wait a little bit because what I had said had prompted more people to come up and, and talk about their weeks. Um, and so I'd, I'd gotten back into the line for the microphone and I really went into detail about what had been happening and um, my negative thoughts that had been happening in my head. Mm. And um, it was um, it was hard for me to get through. Um, mm. And thankfully I've gotten better about getting through that now. Um, speaking about it, that is. Um, and um, I feel like God and my entire community that surrounded me just really helped me through that moment and that week and got me to the point of being willing to share um, in front of a couple hundred people mm. on a bunch of houseboats in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, what I, what I think is so important about that, Will, is um, first of all, you had, you had shared with a counselor, you had gotten care, uh, received treatment, and then you there's a relapse. I don't know if that would be the right word, but I think so. but you experience an episode, mm -hmm. and and that just says this is a journey. Mm -hmm. uh, we're all on a journey. Mm -hmm. um, this is your particular journey, mm -hmm. and it's not just like and I'm fixed now. Mm -hmm. You know, you've been given tools, you've been equipped, absolutely. You have resources, medication, a support a care group. Um, but you're going to cycle through these things, but now you're more self-aware. You're mm -hmm. able to to notice things. Yeah. Um, you have those kinds of tools. But I just think, number one, that's really important. Number two is you had friends who are noticers. Mm -hmm. They're noticers. And I'm thinking about you on, on that boat. And forgive me if, um, if this is way off, oh, but I'm imagining you beginning to have some really dark thoughts of there's hundreds of people here. Do they even care? Mm -hmm. um, I'm all alone. Everyone else is having a, a, a great time. I'm suffering on the inside. If I were to disappear, would anyone even notice? Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. Um, yeah. And that's obviously, you know, now, it feel, felt so very real. It felt so true in that moment. Yeah. You had the wherewithal, and I would suggest the prompting of the Holy Spirit that would just tell you, no, that is not true. But we can just say that is a lie straight from the pit of hell. Um, and it was exactly the opposite of what was true. Mm -hmm. You had a friend, um, did you say her name was Lydia? Yes. Prompted by the Spirit of God to pray for you was in dialogue on your behalf um, with, with the Lord. You had another friend, I presume it was a different friend, that just was the noticer mm -hmm. and sought help, was wise enough to say, I can't be mm -hmm. all that Will needs right now. Mm -hmm. So he goes to your counselor, and he goes to Jason Hepner, your youth pastor, and then you dip your toe up and share just a little bit to everyone, and then you decide to share even more, and you're surrounded by your entire classmates mm -hmm. of freshman folks who do nothing but love you and accept you. Mm -hmm. 
And so all those lies, those voices in your, your head were exactly the opposite of what was true. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that's so hope-giving Absolutely. Um, to know that if we're able to move, like you said, in vulnerability, mm-hmm. bring that darkness into the light. Yeah. And I think um, looking back, I think I'm just now really noticing this, um, but after sharing in front of those people, and it really was the first spark inside of me to know that I need to do something mm. for my community. Mm. And I'm sure we'll get more into that in a few minutes. Mm. But Let's do that. T- okay. Tell us Perfect. more. Yeah, what did that spark? <laughs> so um, I had shared that I was very caring and wanted to help people. Mm. And, um, and after talking about it and all these people surrounding me, I've, I realized that I needed to I needed to talk more and not not talk more because I already talk enough, but um, mm-hmm. talk talk more about my experiences. And um, after about seven months after that, um, it was February, and I was watching the Grammys for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and Logic actually performed the song that has the title of the National Suicide Prevention Hotline that you read earlier. Yeah. And after seeing that, that really like stirred up that that fire inside of me that mm. okay, I need to do something for my community to help. Yeah. And to help anybody who's struggling, and that really sparked the first idea of the You Matter Festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us about the You Matter Festival. Yeah. This is so cool. Thank you. Um, I went very quickly to my parents and said, hey, I have this crazy idea. Um, I want to do a music festival, and um, I want to have teenagers and students play at it, and it's going to be super cool, and we're going to have, we're going to have guitars and, and drums and awesome music, and we're going to have people sharing their story, and I'm, oh, excuse me, sorry, and we're going to talk about, talk about mental health and depression and anxiety and other mental illnesses, and... I I don't remember this specifically, but I can imagine like <laughs> them sitting there with a with a big grin on their face saying, "Okay, you do, you do that, you do that." Um, and I've I've heard forgetting that you're an entrepreneur at heart. <laughs> For sure. And I I've they've said now that they expected like a couple chairs in the backyard with a with our with our little sound system that we have playing some music. Um, and so I emailed my principal. Another email. There you go. Emails are important, kids. Listen yeah. up. <laughs> um, and uh, almost immediately, we got in with a meeting with them, and I shared my idea and that I wanted to do it at the Blue Valley High School football stadium. And um, very quickly, they got behind that. From two chairs in a backyard to a stadium. Yeah. You're a, a dreamer, bro. Um, and I think it's really important to set high goals. Mm. Um and that was that was an important thing, especially in this. And so that ball started rolling. Miss Molly McNally, um, really lifesaver, helped us secure the stadium, mm. and then helped us a ton with behind the scenes stuff. And she called me out of one of my classes, and I. I was concerned because I got a pass to go to the office, <laughs> um, and I was like, Never I, I didn't think I did anything wrong. Right. right. <laughs> um, and this is why you're still at Blue Valley. Is uh, yes, right? this is yeah. this is uh, March or April while mm-hmm. I'm at Blue Valley High School, and she calls me and she pulls me and says, "Will, we have the field." 
<laughs> and I remember just throwing my hands up in the oh. air and saying, yes, thank you, Miss McNally. Is this the same counselor that you first emailed? Uh, this is not. This okay. is at my high school, and the other one was at my middle school. Oh, got it. Okay. Um, that would be cool, though. <laughs> um, but it was a really important moment right there because it was like the, okay, this is happening. <laughs> right. So you line up all these bands. Mm -hmm. You rally friends. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden, Dan and Susie Gurley are, are uh, <laughs> um, chairing this committee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, and then it kind of goes crazy, right? Oh, man. Yeah. Um, we had uh, spoken to some people on Fox 4 and... I was like, okay, that'd be really awesome if we could like get a get a little segment on it or anything. And yeah. so they they send over Sean McDowell and mm -hmm. um, just interview me. Very a field, similar field reporter. Yes, yeah. field reporter. Mm -hmm. Very very similar to this, except mm -hmm. with a camera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, they just kind of asked me about my story mm -hmm. and all this. And this is after we had had the lineup set and everything. Mm -hmm. um, and so we we filmed that and then. Later that day or the next day, I'm not really sure, but um, I'm watching TV and this this story comes on and it was so cool because, <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to be on TV? That's let's, right. Let's be That's real. Right. You did a great job with oh, it. Thank you very <laughs> much. Um, and after that, um, and the Kansas City Star had interviewed me mm -hmm. and my, my mom a little mm -hmm. bit and um, had ran an article about that and really really quickly tons of people started asking us about it mm. and um our still relatively small facebook page got a bunch mm. more likes it was up mm. by like 300 percent or something um and everything just started happening way faster mm. and very quickly after that we have um we have a friend um mrs harrell and the harrell family mm. and they um their daughter is friends with Addie Sartino of the Greeting Committee, and the Greeting Committee is a is an alternative band who graduated from Blue Valley High School and got signed straight out of high school. Nice. And Addie reaches out to me and says, "Hey, we'd love to play." And this is a band that's touring the country. Nice. And that was a really cool moment for me. Right. Just like, okay, this might be this might be pretty big. Right. This is your headliner band. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and your band's going to play. Yes, I, um, right. I'm in a band, but I played solo. I write solo, and then I also write for a band. Right. Um, and so I played my solo show, and then actually with Addy Sartino and, um, and, Kate. and Kate Cosentino. Sorry, I could not mm -hmm. think of the name. Mm -hmm. Kate Cosentino and I, we all performed uh, that Logic song, mm -hmm. 1 800 273 8255, to close out the show. Nice. Mm -hmm. And you share your story? I did share my story. After, yeah. after I had done my uh, 30 or so yeah. minute set, I put down the guitar and just started talking. What was um, the response? Uh, it was so fantastic. Um, while I was while I was sharing, I had gotten lots of lots of hurrahs from the mm. crowd and um, mm. people clapping. And then afterwards was really cool. I went down over to uh, to an open area that we had, and just a huge line of people, um, huge in my eyes, um, yeah, <laughs> were waiting to talk to me. And they all have backstage passes. Uh, no, okay. no, um, those were limited, sadly. But yeah. um, this is this is out in the in the crowd, and it was it was really really cool to 
have one just a really awesome supportive community mm-hmm. who who was willing to thank me mm-hmm. or just share what they had thought and felt during my yeah. my little speech and then also there were people who I didn't know who mm-hmm. I think this is the coolest part and what I really really wanted out of this there were people who I didn't even know who came up to me and hugged me and said I really needed this and I've been struggling yeah and yeah my whole, a big line that I had kept saying in my head and saying to people is if, if even if only one person is helped by this, it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm just certain you have no idea how many people. Absolutely, no idea. Have been helped by it, how important that is. And continuing on, um, even as we start to plan for 2019, um, I'm still getting messages Mm -hmm. on Facebook and Instagram and people talking to Mm -hmm. me about their own struggles. And I think that's really Mm -hmm. important that we're opening up that dialogue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Where where can we find you? Oh, you can can join that dialogue. (laughs) You can find me at willgirly1 on Instagram and willgirly on Facebook. All right. Spell spell your last name for us. That's G-U-R-L-E-Y. So W-I-L-L-G-U-R-L-E-Y-1 at... Say it again. At Instagram. Uh-huh. And then, um, and just Will Gurley, G-U-R-L-E-Y again on Facebook. Okay. Will Gurley on Facebook. Um, so uh, how is it for you, Will, to now, you're, you're kind of seeing, I loved how you said earlier, in the absolute darkness, I thought God wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And looking back, and in particular through your writing, you saw that he was, and he was guiding you. And, and now there's these dots being connected of, Mm -hmm. well, I'm seeing now some purpose in what I've had to go through and am going through Mm -hmm. to be able to help others. And, um, how, how do you, how do you balance that with knowing you're on your own journey? You don't want to be the poster boy of these things. The girly family doesn't either, but you know, this is now part of your story and Mm -hmm. you're generous enough to share it. What, what's that like? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's really awesome to have these people sharing with themselves about me, but, or sharing with me about themselves. Yeah. I worded that backwards. Um, But I think it's still really important for me to continue to say that professional help Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. a necessary thing if you're struggling. And I've I've said that to a decent number of people. And um, I I have resources from the festival, like therapists and counselors Mm -hmm. that they can they can speak to um, and just there's online resources like sevencups.com is fantastic Mm. Um, and there's just it's different though because I it seems like when I speak about this and I don't share the whole thing which I always try to do but if I get cut off it seems like I'm fine now and I still I'm still on antidepressant medicine Mm -hmm. I still have conversations with my parents about my mental health and Good. it's still it's still a part of me. Yes. But it isn't me anymore. That's really important. Say that again. Mm-hmm. My mental illness is a part of me, but it isn't me. It does not define who I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, tell me about technology, tell me about mm-hmm. diet, tell me about exercise, any of those kind of just important in yeah. some cases, basic things. Yeah. Are you in tune there? Mm. I mean, 
I'm a teenage boy, so my <laughs> my diet is all over the place all the time. Uh-huh. Um, but when you're struggling, it's hard to make yourself eat, mm-hmm. and that can be really bad because that can lead to even more things, mm-hmm. um, even more problems, and just continuing to keep a nice, healthy diet mm-hmm. is really important. And then technology. I'm sorry to all the teenagers out there, but you're not going to enjoy me saying this. It's really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, like, even not to just teenagers, like adults mm-hmm. as, as well. Um, yeah. Social media is huge. And I mean, obviously, I've just shared one of my social, both of my social medias <laughs> that I use, but it's tricky, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, it's comparing your everyday life and your low points to everybody else's highlights that they post. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be dangerous because mm-hmm. you think, oh, I'm, they're, they're off smiling and having a great time and on, on some beach somewhere having mm-hmm. a fantastic meal that they had to post a picture of. Yeah. And you're sitting in your bed with your Cookie Monster pajamas on, crying, <laughs> watching Netflix and eating popcorn. Right, um, right. And... That's might be what they're doing too. They just mm-hmm. said, "Hey, let's frame up and pose this picture, mm-hmm. and hope that it makes my life look like it's good." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do, do you um, do you try to limit your social media activity, your exposure to technology? Yeah. Can you tell when you when you, when there's overexposure for you, and its impact? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. Um, at my school, we're not allowed to have phones out during classes, Great. which I think is actually really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and it leads to a lot more discussions with peers, yeah. not even about like big life-changing things, just having a nice casual conversation about the football game last night right. or something. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, or like, hey, Panthers are going to state this weekend. Mm-hmm. Go KCC soccer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I mean, it's really difficult to stop yourself from doing it. I mean, the Apple had just recently put in a screen time feature mm-hmm. where you can see how much mm-hmm. you're on your phone. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's really cool mm-hmm. and really eye-opening mm-hmm. for a lot of people. For sure. Yeah, it is eye-opening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm also going to say it's extremely hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Yes, very much <laughs> by so. The, by the sheer nature of the way mm-hmm. they design their phones <laughs> and the technology oh, yeah. to work, it's designed to be addictive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it is eye-opening to see mm-hmm. how addicted mm-hmm. we are mm-hmm. to it, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. How about for you, Susie? Just what are some things that, um, that, that you see uh, for Will or just in our culture that you think, gosh, we all need to be aware of this. We all need to know that this is happening. Well, again, I would echo what he said about the social media. And I think we're, we as a society are just barely on the cusp of understanding how detrimental um, it can be. Yeah. Not just to teenagers or even younger than that, but to all of us. Um, I think that's huge. Um, I think, again, the um, watching for people isolating. Um, Will has talked about that, how that's a big um, sign for him, uh, for himself. It's a sign to us. I mean, Will was always um, the life of the party kid. And so, you know, when he started 
pulling back and um, isolating, that should have been a big red flag for us and it wasn't necessarily. It was, I think it's hard sometimes to know between what's normal teenage yeah. behavior um, versus, you know, what's a, what's a problem. Yeah. Um, so I, I just think you gotta keep the conversations going. I think as parents, um, we have to control these devices to a certain extent. Yeah. And again, Will is nodding. Say that. Come up and say <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I'm, I'm nodding. <laughs> for, the teenagers, <laughs> for the teenagers who are listening and who are rolling their eyes at me. And I'm and I mean, rolling I'm, their eyes on me, and, too. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, I think that as much as we can, um, mm -hmm. we need to help these young people who have their prefrontal cortexes are not completely right. formed yet and um, that that looks different for different families um, but I'm not at the point where I'm willing to say well I just can't control it so who cares mm -hmm. right, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that yeah. and yeah. I still think there are probably other measures that we need to put in place um, yeah. that I, and not in a yeah. um, scheming way because yeah. I've actually been mm -hmm. talking to Will about yeah. some of what the reading that I've been doing um, some organizations that you know lock down mm -hmm. your phones yep. for mm -hmm. periods of time and we like one of the things that we do is Will has to check his phone in with us yeah, I was gonna bring that up. and mm. it's I mean we've done that with all of our kids and it's awesome it's actually just, why is it awesome well um, I never used to say this that it was awesome. I was like, oh, I have to confessions check my phone of will. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, um, but I think it's nice not having this tether to your device while you're trying to sleep. And I mean, there are studies that I can't I can't quote any specific ones, sure. but there are studies that are like, hey, having your phone by your bed is not a good thing, mm -hmm. um, and you'll sleep less and mm -hmm. just you know, stuff like that mm -hmm. and. People talk to me, it's like, yeah, I mean, I just got carried away on my phone last night, and it was 4 a.m., and then I went to sleep. It's like, how do you how do you do that? Mm -hmm. I have to go to sleep at, like, 10 o'clock every night, or else I'm grumpy. <laughs> so fair to say, Will, that um, you need help setting and protecting those boundaries that you know you need? Somewhat, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and that, yeah, that nighttime thing. Yeah, I think that's a big one for kids. And we figured that pretty early on with our oldest. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, it's not really a great idea to <laughs> let somebody have a free for all with a computer in yeah. their hands, which is basically what these things are. So, yeah. um, and then I would also go a step further and I was flipping through my old texts with one of my um, very closest friends um, and again note to myself because even though Will probably doesn't know this he's a lot like me which is probably why we've butted heads hmm. a couple of times <laughs> wonder why first yeah. 15 years but um, first <laughs> I tend to you know I talked about this earlier where when all this first happened I just you know I just closed down I isolate I you know which is not necessarily so you didn't reach out thing. to your friends right not initially no uh -huh. I mean I, I it was just whoosh, I, island under myself and yeah. this particular friend of mine um, she we've been friends a long time and she you know early on said okay something's happening because mm. you're whoosh, 
Mm, (laughs) You're holing up. What's going on? Good. Um, And then I just was reading the text that she sent to me the night um, of the festival. Um, Mm -hmm. After it was over, she said, Sleep well, my friend, and praise God for foreseeing the outcome of all the nights you laid awake wondering (sighs) why on earth... Uh, God was allowing Will's circumstances to unfold in the way they did. And I think that's you know, the power of sharing for mm. those of us who are the parents or yeah. the, you know, the walking alongside someone who's going through this is, you know, if, if I hadn't shared with her, uh, you know, eventually, then how could I receive the help that she wanted to give me walking through this with mm. me? Um, so I would highly encourage parents who are have a child who's struggling in any form mm-hmm. or fashion, and that can be you know mental health wise or you know drugs, alcohol, all kinds of struggles that kids are having. Don't walk through it alone. Mm-hmm. God didn't make us to walk things walk by ourselves. I mean, that's why he created yeah. the church. It was his idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Community. Mm-hmm. Um, it was God didn't put us here just to be robots and on autopilot mm-hmm. and holding up. And so I would say, you know, start small uh, and reach out to one one trusted friend. Good. And and even if you have one person that you can open up to and share everything with and then that's one person who can encourage you because you need it It, this is not easy Mm -hmm. this is not easy stuff so why do you think you kept it all in I don't know I think that's kind of how I was raised Hmm. that you know one one of the phrases I can you we all have the Mm -hmm. tapes in our minds right that play um as adults, you know, the tapes where we hear our parents saying certain things, and I don't mean any disrespect or anything. I have sure. great parents, and they did a great job. Um, but we all, you know, no, none of us are perfect. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I can always remember my mom saying was, you know, you just you got to suck it up and go on. And that was mm-hmm. just always the thing is, you know, you just got to grit mm-hmm. your teeth and get through it. And mm-hmm. I that was just sort of always our thing was you just suck it up, Mm. suck it up. And so Mm. I pretty early on learned that you just suck it up. And so I think that was just part of this for me is, okay, I just have to suck this up and this is, you know, all on me. I just deal with it. And, um, yeah, God's taught me a lot. (laughs) So when you shared with this friend, yeah, what what did you experience in that when you find when she said what's going on yeah, something's going yeah. on and you know it was it was baby steps too and and again she's one of my very closest friends in the world and and so you know baby steps of sharing little bits mm, at a time and then yeah. you know finally okay. just blah, 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 the whole yeah. you know yeah. Yeah. vomit of, <laughs> of everything yeah. and um and you know amazing of mm. course she's great and mm. continues to be incredible um an incredible support um to all of us mm. and absolutely um, yeah talk about your marriage mm. if you don't mind yeah for sure what what did this do for you guys and strain i mm. suppose and well, we were on our anniversary trip. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry about that bad <laughs> timing. <laughs> it's okay. But, you know, that was one of those things where you start, I mean, immediately you start wrestling with, uh, 
the orders and you know you've got a child who's obviously in distress so that had to take precedence right over you know our trip at that time but I would say I'm incredibly thankful, um, and I think Dan would echo this sentiment, that um, he and I have been on the same page from the get-go. Um, we never did the blame game. We never mm. said, you know, well, if you had, if you had, mm. if only, well, why didn't you? And mm. and I think it's it would be really easy to do that. Mm. And I never felt that toward him, and I don't, I don't think he ever felt that toward me. I mean, that's not right. generally his MO, but... Um, I th- uh, we were able to process it together, Good. be on the same page, um, yeah. really from the beginning of mm-hmm. it. And um, I would say at this point, I mean, our marriage is probably stronger than it was mm-hmm. before this. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys process this differently? Did you, did you, were you able to bring, uh, I assume different perspectives, mm. but you know, it's, it's a bit like going through grief, you know, oh, there's yeah. denial and sure. there's bargaining yes, and there's for sure. depression and, mm. and then there's that acceptance stage and the mm-hmm, like, but, mm-hmm. um, w- did you ever find a moment where it's like, why can't Dan see this mm. or why is he reacting to this, this way? Or did he feel that way towards you or you? If I had been him, I would have felt that way toward me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dan is one one of the most patient people on the planet. Mm. Coached me for years when I was a little (laughs) kid, so you know he has Mm. to be. Um, But uh, I would be like, you know, all these questions that I would ask him, the same questions over and over and over, and, you know, very patiently, you know. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. You know, explain things, talk things mm. through, um, et cetera. And just, he was, he led our family so well mm. through this. And I mm. guess that's what I would say is, you know, he's always accepted um, that role, that, that God given role of mm. being the leader of mm. the home, I mm. think. But this, I mean, really stepped in big time mm. and. You know, there were certain things that he was like, this is what we're going to do. This mm. is what we're not going to do, you mm-hmm. know. And mm-hmm. Okay. And mm-hmm. took his job as the leader of the home very seriously. And I'm, I'm really glad that I don't have to shoulder that burden. Mm. But I also, you know, I'm really incredibly grateful that he's um, accepting of that role and does it mm. so well, lives it so well. Well, it sounds like that you both brought great strength into that space. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds like Dan's ability to be decisive, mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. calm under mm-hmm. pressure. Mm-hmm. And your ability, though, Susie, to be super engaged in all the, the many mm-hmm. nano details of this journey mm-hmm. that were so important. It sounds a little bit big picture, mm-hmm. but in the trenches on, on a daily basis mm-hmm. where you would mm-hmm. often find yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes your uh, zeal to mm-hmm. figure it out mm-hmm. would lead to almost a hyperactivity mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So he would be able to come and bring more of an objective perspective. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he wouldn't, he wouldn't have that perspective mm-hmm. if he weren't informed by your day-to-day mm-hmm. being in the trenches and, and walking those things mm-hmm. out. Is that fairly accurate of how... Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I mean, I would think that... I would say that's pretty... Um, accurate of our mm. entire relationship. Yeah, I, I they, yeah. agree with that. Mm. Will, what would you say mm. about your dad? Mm. Oh, um, 
very, very patient. Um, mm. I mentioned that when I was a kid, a little kid, that is, um, because I'm still a child, like it or not. <laughs> Don't quote me on that one, too. <laughs> um, I mean, he's just incredibly patient, decisive. Um, that's really important. Mm. And then I, I think it's stern but caring. Because mm. um, it's like, okay, this is what we're going to do, but I still take your feelings into consideration mm -hmm. for it and take your input. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important as well. Mm. What do you think he would say if he, if he were here and, and, you know, we never want to speak for someone else, mm. yeah. but just as you think about your dad sitting in this empty seat mm. right mm -hmm. here, what, what do you think he would say to you, Will? Um, well, um, I think he would be humble and say thank you because mm. he's a very humble person. Mm. Um, Thank you for what? Saying that he's patient. Oh, and I okay. think he would laugh uh -huh. and share a story uh -huh. about my childhood friends and I being obnoxious during basketball practice <laughs> when we were seven years old, mm -hmm. um, which he often does mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. they're pretty funny. But <laughs> um, I think that he would also compliment my mother about mm -hmm. her stature through this. Mm -hmm. um, and although it doesn't feel like it at the time when you're going through it, I mean, at least what I've understood so far, um, although it might feel like everything is just crumbling, um, mm -hmm. that you're, you're still standing strong with it mm -hmm. um, and really sticking by your beliefs. That's beautiful. I think he'd be very honored by that, Will. I hope so. Susie, you mentioned that Will was the life of the party. Mm -hmm. He was the higher energy kid, you know, mm -hmm. growing up. And, um, and then he began to slip mm -hmm. into this place. Mm -hmm. When do you feel like the old Will came back? Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't an overnight thing. Mm -hmm. And I would, that's something that I think yeah. it's good for people to know. Um, there would just be little glimmers and... Mm -hmm. Like he would tell a joke hmm. and Will's always been very funny hmm. and not like a forced funny, but just funny. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that went away yeah. um, for a while. And so, you know, when he would tell a joke and we'd all be like, he's telling a joke, you know, it was <laughs> yeah. just a, like the little rays of light yeah. um, were coming back. And I think just seeing that more and more and you know i'm thinking about last night and how much that was so that's so you and last night so mm -hmm. today's the yeah so last night halloween. was halloween right <laughs> yeah and uh -huh. for several years will has done a haunted house in our garage cool and <laughs> man <laughs> very creative. I just keep learning more things about I know. you this is this is a creative kiddo um so he would rope his friends in to help him and you know of course he it was all his ideas and you know he mm -hmm. would tell his friends what to do and, and it worked out really well early on because they would clean out the garage in order to get it ready <laughs> <laughs> for the haunted house so wow. i was like i'm all for this yeah. so anyway but um last night it was so great because um uh, so many of his new friends from KCC came and mm. then he sang some of his new songs after the haunted mm. house. Did you and sing I, new kid? 
I did not Peter actually. It's a little. I had been screaming and growling all night. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah. And I couldn't quite hit yeah. the high notes all night. But it was so fun to again. I mean, see Will. Yeah. You know, not this. Yeah. You know what had happened over the la- the course of the last couple of years, but that was Will. Mm-hmm. That was you, and mm. you know where. Can I have one friend ever? No, it was never. Can I have one friend ever? Uh-huh. It's can I have six friends over? <laughs> and that was last night. And you know, all these great friends who are supporting Will and having fun at the haunted house and screaming mm. appropriately. Mm. You know, all that, and then mm. loving his music and mm. we love you, Will. And it was just such a great um, and great timing to come into this today <laughs> after just last mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, almost coming full circle in this journey. Um, yeah. I mean, not that the journey's over by any stretch, sure. I'm sure, but just where he is now and seeing Will back to being Will and and even a better Will, mm. I would mm. say. That's important. Um, That's really important. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I'm, I'm just imagining the parents listening to this podcast or the aunts or the siblings or the roommates mm-hmm, that are mm-hmm, that are thinking mm-hmm. about the person they so deeply love and they mm-hmm, just they mm-hmm. want their will back whoever mm-hmm. that yes. is whatever mm-hmm. their name is they just we miss that will yep. and and I think for people in such a place of darkness there is that that desire too I yes. am not mm-hmm. I yeah. I've lost touch with who I am at my mm-hmm. deepest core I want that person back yeah. and just to hear the hopefulness mm-hmm. and and you're right it is a journey it's cyclical but mm-hmm. on an ascent maybe you yes, know like we yes. like um, you keep journeying through this and uh will i i want to give you the last word here mm-hmm. on on this uh love math podcast um and let me tee it up for you perfect um two things i think i might have a feeling as to one of the things okay but. all right well one is uh i know that you are a person you dream big you said earlier Absolutely. that we have to dream big so i want to know what what are the dreams in your heart mm-hmm. okay so be mm-hmm. thinking about that and as you're talking about that, we need a cutaway song, and we need another okay. Will Gurley song. So be thinking about what that should right. be, and I'm going to ask you to describe a little bit of the background of that song. Mm. Um, but but first, let me just say to our listeners again, thank you so much for uh, walking through this conversation with us. We know that uh, we have touched on a lot of sensitive um, content. Mm-hmm. And um, if it has left you in an unsettled place by any nature or degree, and if it has uh, provoked any thoughts that Mm -hmm. you're not quite sure you're comfortable with that might lead you to self-harm or the harm of others, we want to please, please, please say, would you uh, get care? Would you get Mm -hmm. with somebody that you know or trust? Or if need be, please dial 911 Mm -hmm. or call the suicide hotline 1-800-273-273. 8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Susie, I want to say thank you to you. Thank you. I want to say thank you to Dan and mm-hmm. the whole Gurley family. Mm-hmm. This is your whole story. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being so generous mm-hmm. with us. Thank you. Thank Thanks you for, for having us here. Yeah. Yeah. So, Will, tell us about the song, first of all. Okay. So, um, we, we started with New Kid, which is one of my most recent songs. Yeah. I think it's appropriate to do one of my older songs as well to finish it out. So this song, I this is my favorite story that I have behind a song, <laughs> and I can already see my mom starting to laugh about it. <laughs> I wrote this song after a math test. Nice. Hey, um, this is the Love Math Podcast, buddy. <laughs> We're always wondering, where is the math going to make its appearance? Beautiful. <laughs> so I, I had this idea, and I was like, oh, I need to finish this test 
faster than I probably should, but I need to finish this <laughs> test so I can write this down. Nice. And I always write pen and paper, so I was marking things up, moving things around, and by the end of it, I had written the song, This Is Where I Run. And it was all this about... This is where I run. Yes, sir. Okay. It's all about music run, kind of being run, my escape run, um, yeah. and the way I process and the way I have fun and yeah. the, my way of life, Your healthy escape. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like that's one of the best embodiments of myself in a song because um, hmm. it's talking all about this is where I come, this is where I run to... Hmm to get away from it all, which is uh, in the course. Um, and I think it's really, it's really cool to have that, um, have that out there and have people recognize that. Because um, last night also when I was playing a couple songs, I played that song and a couple people from my old school were there. And um, they came up and said, dude, we love that song. We listened to that before every track meet or before every game. Perfect. Um, and I thought that was really cool because my, my peers that I went to Blue Valley with, they still have a part of me with them and my music, sure. but also these amazing people at, and I'm not saying that people at Blue Valley aren't amazing by any means, don't, don't get that message. I still love many people at Blue Valley, but also just the amazing people at KCC mm-hmm. there and supporting me and saying, oh dude, you're going places. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that leads perfectly into where do I want to go? Where am I dreaming? Um, first off, since we've been talking all about the festival, um, about the You Matter Festival, I would love to just continue working with this and growing this idea and growing this movement. Um, I'm working with a good friend of mine in Nashville right now mm-hmm. about possibly having another festival down in Nashville. Wow. And after that, I just want to keep keep going, keep going all around the country. Wow. Have one in major cities across across the United States and who knows, the world. Come on. Come on. Dream big. Dream big. Will Gurley, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I want to say to our listeners, thank you for being with us. Bo Davidson, appreciate you, buddy. Cheers. I'm Dan Diebel. Thanks for love, math, and wits. This is where I run. This is where I